kxfmradio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio, Inc., its management, or its board of directors. Hello, this is Craig at KXFM 104.7 Human Crafted Radio. I'm here every Saturday at 9 a.m. with Rainbow Radio, where we discuss the latest news on LGBTQ interests and discuss on this day in history. Every week I have a special guest and we have interviews. Again, Rainbow Radio, Craig, every Saturday.
good good morning Laguna Beach this is Craig on Rainbow Radio um I have to say it's a beautiful day in Laguna Beach I can see clearly now <laughs> the rain is uh the rain has given us a brief uh speaking of weather has given us a brief repast Thank you for tuning in for Rainbow Radio on KXFM 104.7 this beautiful morning here in Laguna Beach. Uh, the weather, I have to say today, <coughs> excuse me, I've been talking all morning. I didn't uh, choke up till I get on the air. How's that? Why does that work like that? Anyway, um, there is a beach hazard today. Uh, high surf. Uh, Got to put that out there. And boy, did you see... Did you see it swallow up one of the lifeguard towers this last week, which was pretty dramatic? Those only cost about $35,000. So I know the city has slated to purchase four new ones. So now maybe they're going to have to purchase five. I don't know. That was um, that was not so cool. <laughs> um, someone had recorded it. Um, a guy that has a, a channel on YouTube for skimboarding, and uh, he has a lot of followers. And um, he went up and down the coast, starting in Laguna Beach, and did uh, a video uh, video show of all of the high surf. Really interesting to watch, um, and uh, did a great job. Um, so I applaud that. But he did. He kept coming back to the lifeguard tower here in Laguna Beach, and sadly. Um, they rescued some of the equipment out of it, and sadly, it succumbed to the mother nature. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, today's weather is abundant sunshine, high around sixty degrees Fahrenheit. Winds uh, west uh, at five to ten miles an hour. Now, I, I did my usual look over the balcony here from the station to see if I could see Catalina Island, and yes, indeed, it's clear and. Beautiful out there. It's going to be 60 degrees. Not exactly beach weather. I mean, you need to get up to closer to 70 for it to be beach weather. But I suppose you could bundle up and, and enjoy the beach. It is bright and uh, sunny today. Now, and looking forward to tomorrow, it's supposed to be partly cloudy. But the rest of the week is uh, Monday and Tuesday is sunny with wind. Mostly sunny, mostly sunny through most of next week. And then the following week, we have more rain. Rain, 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 rain. Wow. But you know, we can't complain. Lake Shasta's filling up. I think Lake Oroville is uh, 105%. Lake Shasta is 80%. So uh, we definitely need the rain. We don't need the destruction it brings, but we, yes, we definitely need the rain. And so for that, we are grateful. Yes, yay! <laughs> and it's a beautiful sunny day to go to uh, the market here in Laguna Beach. I have some announcements today. Some, what you want something to do today? Well, I don't know how close you followed uh, Prop Eight back in the day. Prop Eight was. Uh, it was an initiative to uh, rescind gay marriage in California, and um, it got installed, and then there was a, a, a mess, a, a, an initiative to get rid of it, and it was called No on 8, or and an organization started a uh, program called No Hate, which was an H in front of the number 8. And a well-known photographer, I, um, 
started uh, doing a photo shoots of and selling shirts and whatnot to raise money to uh, support rescinding the um, uh, the initial, I guess, the ballot measure that had been approved and later got proved uh, as unconstitutional. And, and got, but Adam Busca, B-O-U-S-K-A, is a very well-known photographer. Well, they're continuing because there's still a lot of hate, especially lately. So they've, uh, as a result of that, they're still here and they've been here for a long time. And they're no hate is a very strong, become a very strong organization. And it is a nonprofit. And today, today, if you want to have nothing to do and you want to enjoy this beautiful break in the weather, and this beautiful sunny day, you might want to run up to Long Beach. It's not um, far away, you know, half hour. Because they're having a um, photo shoot, and you can support No Hate. Um, a couple or group photos are $25 per person, or a single photo is $40. Or otherwise, you can just go up and, and mingle and meet people. It's from 2 to 4 p.m. today. It's free, uh, other than if you want to have your photo taken by a professional photographer, Adam Bruska. So... Uh, the No Hate campaign makes its way to Long Beach on Saturday, January 21st for an open photo shoot. Uh, stop by the LGBTQ Center in Long Beach anytime between 2 and 4 p.m. to pose for an official No Hate photo by photographer Adam Bruska. Or Bruska. There's no R in it. Bruska. No reservations and no tickets needed. Masks will be required while passing through the public area of the center, so please bring one with you. The photos are first come, first served, uh, and we move fast. Please arrive, camera ready, with plain white shirt to match the signature style of the No Hate photos. Um, I think it sounds great. Think of all the wonderful people you probably meet there, too. <laughs> when is the best time to arrive? Most people tend to arrive before the photo shoot begins. Uh, but as long as someone has lined up by the advertised end of the time for the photo shoot, 4 p.m. for this photo shoot, they should be guaranteed a chance to pose. Once you arrive, the next steps are easy. Fill out the member, the numbered model release for each person. Process your payment. Trade your processed model release uh, for duct tape because you put it over your mouth if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Uh, you can go to the website and find more, but up, uh, apply a no-hate temporary tattoo uh, for your photo. Um, no-hate co-founder Adam uh, Busca will photograph roughly 10 frames per person. One frame will be selected, edited by our team, and made available within approximately eight weeks. Um, so that's the deal. It's at the LGBTQ Center in Long Beach, which is 10 or 2017 East 4th Street in Long Beach today. That is 2 to 4. So I think that would be fun, huh? <laughs> also, it's a very interesting day. Today is uh, Scott Franklin's birthday. He's a dear friend, and he's uh, a pillar of the community here in Laguna Beach. Uh, he's a construction manager, builder, um, what, what, and a pillar of the communities. Happy birthday, Scott. 
and a many more. So glad glad you're here in Laguna Beach. Glad you're a friend and, and a part of the community. How about that? Yes. So, um, <laughs> there's uh, let's see what else we what else, what other news do I have uh, to add? Uh, if you were didn't tune in last week, I can uh, share with you that we're going to rekindle Art Walking by Craig Cooley. And that is uh, once a month, we will have a radio program that coincides with the Art Walk in Laguna Beach. And it's still in the planning phases, but that expect anticipate that to be happening fairly soon. And then uh, certainly the website for Rainbow-Radio is being updated. I have three programs i got to get up and updated today. The last three programs have not been posted, and my apologies. I will get the podcasts up on the website uh, later this afternoon. So today's program and the last two have not been posted. So if you want to catch up, there you go. What other earth-shattering news? Uh, Lisa Marie's Presley's uh, services are today in Graceland, a sad affair. A very sad affair. Um, and <clears throat> I'm going to just give one news item and then I'll, we'll take a break and come back with on, on this day in history, 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 history. <laughs> like my effects? <laughs> oh my. Oh, I am so good. <laughs> uh, you know, I I'm, this, this goes out to my friend Lynn. I've spoken about many times in, maybe she'll call in one day. Wouldn't that be fun from across the pond? Um, I, I, I jab uh, the UK frequently because of, it seems when it, the monarchy and uh, the, the, when it was the largest monarchy in, uh, or empire in the world for a while there with Queen, what was it, Queen um, Isabel? I forget which queen. But anyway, she was one who wore black all the time. <laughs> I'm really showing my ignorance here. But, I mean, when England was a, the largest world power ever or will ever be uh, in the world, and in they, where India was under their, uh, I guess, their umbrella and many other countries, <coughs> um, you know, this was some time ago, world history. And the Church of England was a big part of the political scene. And colonialism was a big part of the culture. And so colonialism uh, was very conservative and very, shall we say, not supportive of um, diversity and when it, with regard to uh, LGBTQ, uh, I guess, culture. Uh to, to say to say it was not supportive is not enough. Uh, to say that it was anti would be more um, appropriate. And so it has uh, many countries and cultures were influenced by that, and decades of families and generations adopted that attitude. And a case study is is certainly India, and they've made many changes. But it's, and they're moving along fairly rapidly. But you know when. Um, 
when a generation or two has uh, uh, had that attitude, it's not something that's going to change overnight. So, so I digress, but that's the history. That's the backstory. And so lo and behold, this week in, in, in the UK, the church of England apologizes for treatment of LGBTQ plus people. And this is what they said. We have not loved you as God loves you. Now, <clears throat> so I don't know. I don't, I don't even like that statement. <laughs> Why don't they say we screwed up <laughs> instead of saying, uh, well, anyway. <clears throat> so the Church of England has formally apologized for its historically hostile treatment of LGBTQ plus people. Bishops of the church wrote a letter accepting its responsibility for the homophobic abuse that the LGBTQ plus community faces on a daily basis. But it's just not in the UK. It's, it was, as I said. Okay, uh, let me go on here. Uh, we want to apologize for the ways in which the Church of England has treated LGBTQ plus people, both those who worship in our churches and those who do not in the statement read, the apology was written following the church's refusal to allow the ordainment of same-sex marriages by members of the clergy after a briefing on Tuesday, January 17th. A suggested vote on allowing same-sex marriage during next month's general uh, synod came as part of an ongoing campaign to install to instill acceptance of LGBTQ plus people within the church named Living in Love and Faith. <laughs> he then said he would not carry the blessings out, personally do his pastoral responsibility for the whole com communion. Hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. The uh, other recommendations published by the church following the apology were described as ludicrous and highly hypocritical. Oh my. The list includes several points on welcoming the LGBT community and com commending the continued learning together by the living in love and faith process does not include actual improvements on LGBTQ rights. So, wow, uh, I, I don't know. You know, progress is very tedious <laughs> and very slow. <laughs> So on the surface, it sounds great, but what's it saying in reality? Labor MP Ben Bradshaw said in a tweet that the recommendations are even worse than what has been trailed. Oh, another apology for being institutionally homophobic, but no change, he added. I can't imagine Parliament remaining passive on this, given Church of England's established status. Church of England... <laughs> has apologized for treatment of LGBT people in the past. So they keep apologizing. They don't change anything is what uh, uh, MP Labor Ben Bradshaw says. <clears throat> so, well, I'm, I guess apology is nice. <laughs> uh, the Church of England attempted to rebuild its bridge with other queer communities earlier in 2022 after uh, Sandy Toxivig slammed Welby for his views on homosexuality. The Danish-British comedian wrote in a letter to the Archbishop of Canterbury following his affirmation that homosexual practice is incompatible with scripture. 
<clears throat> oh my. Well, I'm going to leave it there. Um, the Archbishop of Canterbury will allow blessings of same-sex married couples, but won't bless them himself. Okay, fine. <laughs> Be that way. <laughs> oh, what can I say? What can I say? So, uh, let's go on with... Um, I'll be right back with on this week on this day in history. Yeah. So here's my tribute to the weather.
Toby dancing in the dark. Hey, um, I have a, uh, I, I found an article that I, I want to get this, uh, these people on my, um, program and I think I may cause the, they're going, they've, they've got a program that's going on for, I don't know, maybe in the near future, probably the next six months or so. So as you may know or may not know, but, uh, there has been quite an effort to, um, in our education to scare everyone about, uh, you know, the LGBT community is grooming <laughs> and, uh, I, and the teachers are teaching our children the wrong message and uh, and there should not be drag queens and um, gay things should not be discussed in school, don't say gay, which puts a real stigma on being who you are and being honest. And I, it, it's, it's, to me, it's such a negatory thing. Well, part of that whole, I guess, effort is to remove a lot of books and a lot of... Um, a lot of educational material that has been uh, vetted and accepted by, um, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, I don't want how I want to say this, a lot of uh, people that are professionals in the world of education and uh, have the credentials to really understand, I feel, uh, how youth and uh, how important it is to be honest with youth and and truthful, honest, truthful, and um informative uh in a very positive healthy manner and so these um part of that is the books and the educational materials and so in this scare tactic of uh oh we can't have them talk about these things these are not acceptable things you know uh it you know it's like it's okay to see a heterosexual couple hold hands and kiss on the street but not a gay one and, and, or for it to be t discussed on the street or in schools because it's will harm the children because these are paramount to pedophiles. Now I'm, you know, am I, am I kind of, uh, extreme here? Maybe, but uh, th that's kind of the attitude. So this effort to withdraw a lot of books and materials out of the schools, uh, and libraries, um, uh, has gone on all over and is continuing to go on. So that's the background. That's the backstory. So uh, meet the historian who is driving a bus full of banned queer books across the U.S. <laughs> so I love it. There's these two guys, uh, Adam Powell and Eric, I hope I can pronounce his, uh, Servini, his boyfriend knew they wanted to take action while others are organizing with protests, drag queen story hours, days of reading and other important acts of resistance. Servini and Powell have their own spin on what to contribute to the movement. And that spin has wheels. <laughs> Essentially what they're doing, they have um, determined that they need $150,000 to purchase an old school bus, how appropriate, <laughs> and fill it with as many banned books as they can determine that have been banned and cross the crisscross the country and share <laughs> these banned books with as many, many 
in many locations as they can. So, um, <laughs> the pair are working on buying then building what they call the Rainbow Book Bus. I can't argue with that title, the Rainbow Book Bus. I'd love to get them on the program, and I'm going to, to do. I'm going to reach out to my publicist, Mario. Mario, are you listening? You got to get these guys on this, on the program. A bookmobile carrying queer and trans books to mail to small towns. A lot of them in Arkansas. Are, oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Our goal is to have at least an early version of it ready by Pride this summer in June. Maybe they can come to Laguna Beach. <laughs> well, we hope. Uh, Servini tells Extra News, uh, we want to have the bus that is converted. It may not be fully decked out, but it will be functioning as a traveling bookshop book fair in the summer of 2023. <laughs> the conversion of the 28-foot bus involves tearing out all of the seats, installing bookcases, and stocking it with queer books. The bus will travel the U.S. and host pop-up book festivals in places like parking lots with tables and chairs, signs, and information about local queer organizations and their resources in addition to books. They'll be selling works, including young adult uh, and widely renowned historian who is best-selling author. What? I think I got out of order. <laughs> executive producer of Books of Queer. Severity is inspired by the black gay civil rights activist Barn Bayard Rustin's activism involving buses, the freedom rides of the 1940s and 60s. The entire philosophy is that you bring your humanity and your dignity to these spaces that are trying to exclude you and that what it does is create this conflict and unfortunately that is what it is. It is conflict. Where one side is uh, completely nonviolent and doing nothing but is trying to take a bus and the other side goes ballistic, Servini says. It becomes very clear who has the moral dignity in that scenario, who has the moral upper hand. Hmm. <laughs> so uh, if you want to find out more, and I hope you do, Oh, it says, while the route isn't planned out, he does expect it to cross the American South with a dream of going uh, to his hometown of Round Rock, Texas, about a 25-minute drive outside of Austin. Now, they're based in Austin. Growing up there, Servini wasn't aware of any queer literature available. He wasn't even looking for it since he wasn't out himself, yet as a teen before he left home. Uh, the one stop he's really hoping to make this summer is to throw a queer book fair in the parking lot of the church in Round Rock. So, if you want to know more, go to rainbowbookbus.org. That's pretty simple. Rainbowbookbus.org. <laughs> and you can see, uh, find out more about Servini and his boyfriend and what they're doing with uh, their bus. They're almost, uh, they've almost got it fully funded. Um, but I think they're, I think they're about 48,000 short of their $150,000 goal to convert the bus. So I, I just think that's <laughs> so cool in a very positive way. You know, I mean, I can, I, I would love them to have a little, 
pop-up thing here. Maybe uh, maybe at Laguna Beach Pride here, you know? What, what the heck? <laughs> now, in that article and in many news articles lately, this word queer keeps coming up. And I don't know, there's, uh, to me, it, it has a lot of negative connotations. That's my reference. Um, but then to disarm it is, I guess, maybe to embrace it. I don't know. Um, but queer or gay, why LGBTQ plus people are fiercely debating a former slur for being reclaimed. And it's a topic that, you know, maybe we could think about a little bit. The word is intrinsically linked to the LGBTQ community. It's right here in the name. However, the way the word is used and received by some people is complicated. You think? <laughs> I think so. While many of us are proud to be queer, we have reclaimed uh, and have reclaimed the slur. Some people are staunch in their views that queer is offensive and struggle or refuse to accept it. Now, I have to say fag is definitely, in my book, <laughs> negative. It's like the N-word is to black people. Anyway, most recently, the debate was reignited on Sunday, January 8th at the Owen Hercombe, a non-binary former mayor of Welsh, those Welsh, of Welsh City, Bangor, tweeted in support of reclaiming the word, getting more than 15,000 likes and over 1,200 retweets in just uh, over a day. The day prior, a Twitter user had separately tweeted, quit calling gay people queer, we don't like it, which also gained a lot of online support. But many responses from people refuting the claim. So no one, no one really knows, I guess. How did queer become a slur? It is thought it was first used uh, in retaliation to identifying, uh, identified during the trial of, our, of Irish writer Oscar Wilde, hmm. where he was jailed for homosexual acts. As explained in a blog by the UK National Archives, a letter from the Marquis of Queensbury, oh, how appropriate, used in Wilde's 1895 trial, detailed his disgust at Wilde's relationship with his son. He called Wilde and other homosexual men snob queers. Hmm. He noted it was about another 20 years before queer was used as a common derogatory word about homosexuals. As a slur, it became an umbrella term for, the U for LGBTQ plus community, and it is one many people have used as a word of abuse against them and their identity. Okay, now reclaiming the word. Current society largely accepts queer as a general and umbrella term for the LGBTQ community, usually in a positive light. See, I don't. <laughs> um. I don't, I, I don't know. The Cambridge and Merriam-Webster dictionaries even recognize it. So in their definitions of the word, whilst still acknowledging people can find it offensive. 
It was the late 1980s during the HIV-AIDS pandemic that a period of increased anti-LGBTQ rhetoric when there was a concerted effort to reclaim queer as a positive identity and representative term. Groups like Queer Nation championed the word. Their well-known chant, we're here, we're queer, get used to it, became popularized. The reclaimed effort has developed ever since. Yeah, well, I agree. Many younger people born after the effort started, like Owen Herkham, have not had offensive encounters with queer. Herkham highlighted in their uh, tweeted thread, they were instead bullied by the word gay. This was echoed by journalist and LGBTQ rights campaigner Owen Jones, who said gay was used constantly as an adult, and in fact, because a word meaning rubbish, i.e., it, it, that's so gay. Like queer, using gay is uh, such a manner has, thankfully, similarly fallen out of fashion. And it should be remembered, gay once meant happy, like the song, I Feel Pretty, <laughs> from West Side Story. Following the Twitter conversa- uh, conversion... Pink News asked followers how they feel about using the word queer. Most supported it personally as an umbrella term. Some said they did not support, and others highlighted that they have struggled to reconnect the word because of negative connotations they associate with it. Oh, and it goes on and on. I don't know... Oh, here's some interesting. Asking the same question on Instagram revealed similar mixed results. I love using it for myself and others if they feel comfortable with that, said one Pink News follower. Another said, I call myself queer but won't say it about about or to anyone else unless I'm sure they embrace it. Another said, while I was growing up, it meant a whole different thing, he wrote. Going out and regularly and regularly getting beaten up as a queer bashing was has stayed in my mind for years. So I guess for everyone, it certainly has a different um, connotation. And I suppose we'll never all be satisfied with the term. To me, gay is not a, does not sound derogatory. Um, gay or lesbian does not sound derogatory. But that's just me. <laughs> anyway, that those were two things I found very interesting. Anyway, I think I think I should go on with on this day in history. Yes, let's just dive right in. I want to shout out to Alex, my friend in in Chicago. I haven't I haven't shout out out to Alex for a long time. We finally talked recently, and he's doing well. Um. Anyway, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> Um, why did I save this one? Oh, <laughs> this was just some regular news. A woman sprays holy water on a gay couple outside a church in Mexico. What'd she expect them to, like the, like the witch? I'm melting. I'm melting. No, <laughs> it didn't happen. They didn't melt. It's sad. <clears throat> a woman sprayed what appeared to be holy water on a gay couple hugging. They were hugging, oh my gosh, in front of a church in 
Toluca, about 50 miles west of Mexico City. A woman who saw a gay couple hugging in front of a church in Mexico accused them of spreading immorality to the country's youth and spraying them with what appeared to be holy water. NBC News reported, Get out right now. I'm going to call the police. Yeah, the police? I mean, really? The woman said in Spanish while making the sign of the cross. The encounter was caught on camera and shared by one of the men in a TikTok video. The video has since gone viral and has amassed nearly 400,000 views as of Wednesday afternoon this week. How about that? (laughs) Shocking, I know. Okay, let's move right along. (laughs) On this day in history, on this day in history, it's... (laughs) It's Scott Franklin's birthday. Let's not forget that. Okay. On January 21st uh, in 1966. Oh, my gosh. That goes way back. Time Magazine publishes an unsigned two-page article. Unsigned. Hmm. The Homosexual in America, which includes statements such as homosexuality is... uh, a pathetic little second-rate substitute for reality, a pitiable flight from life. Pitiable. I was curious what that meant, and I'm pitiable. Another word. It's contemptible. Poor or small. Deserving or arousing pity. That's lovely. (laughs) So that's Time Magazine in 1966. Like they say, we've come a long way, baby. Not got a little further to go, but we've come a long way. In January 22nd, in 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court decides Roe versus Wade legalizing abortion in the United States. Norma Leah Mc. Corby, also known as Jane Rowe, wrote of her sexual orientation in her 1994 autobiography, I Am Rowe. A few years later, she claims that she was converted to Christianity and is no longer a lesbian. I don't know what being a lesbian has to do with abortion, but there you go. Moving along to January 23rd, in 1978, New York... City Mayor Ed Koch issues Executive Order 50, which forbid discrimination against gay men and lesbians. See, gay men, they say gay. And lesbians, why do you say queers? That just sounds to me disgusting. (laughs) Gay men and lesbians in municipal government. Mm -hmm. Good on you, Mayor Koch. There was rumors about him, by the way. Moving along to January 24th on this day in history, Norman Lear's TV adaptation of Lanford Wilson's Hot Hot Eye Baltimore uh, premieres on ABC, though it features a diverse cast of characters, including two gay men and a latent lesbian. Latent lesbian? Ooh. (laughs) It lasts only five months. Oh, uh, Norman Lear is quite a remarkable person, I have to say. He's like 95 years old and still going at it. 
1983, noted gay director George Cooker dies at 83 in Los Angeles. Hmm. Moving along to January 25th on this day in history. Uh, 2005, Alameda County. My brother lives up there and his wife. Uh, the Board of Supervisors uh, votes four to zero to prohibit discrimination in public sector employment, services, and facilities based on gender identity. Hmm. Well, uh, 2005. So, I don't know. That just seems weird. <laughs> if you're a male, you can't be discriminated against. If you're a female, you can't be discriminated against. Or if you think you're, if you look like you're male and you think you're female, you can't be just, I, I don't, I don't, okay, no, gender identity. All right, whatever it is. All right, moving along to January 26th. On this day in history, in 1971, <clears throat> Look Magazine includes a gay couple from Minnesota. Jack Baker and Mike McConnell as part of that week's cover article on the American family. Baker and McConnell are also noteworthy as they are the first same-sex couple in the U.S. to be granted marriage licenses in 1971 Ooh, in Minnesota. Who would have thought? Uh, I wonder how that played out. There, there's probably a huge backstory to that one. <laughs> and moving along to January 27th on this day in history. In 1972, the New York City Council uh, vetoes a proposed gay rights ordinance that would have prohibited discrimination against gay men and lesbians in employment, housing, and public accommodations. So they vetoed it. They didn't think they, they should should protect it you could you could discriminate if you felt like it there was no protection at 72 the city council so what can i say yeah 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 anyway so that's all the on this day in history that about wore me out <laughs> so we'll have a a short cute music break i i'm stepping out with i don't know i don't know why where i found this song but um it seemed um i don't know it seemed like i needed to play it so here we go
Oh, that was Venice Beach, and uh, how appropriate on this beautiful sunny day. This is Craig on KXFM 104.7 in Laguna Beach. Thank you for tuning in, and one last shout-out for Scott Franklin, and happy birthday. Have the best happy birthday you've ever had today here in a bright and sunny and very embracing and loving Laguna Beach, California. We're happy to be here. We're happy about the sunshine. Go out and embrace the day. And if you have time, run up to to Long Beach and go join in that no hate <laughs> campaign with da- uh, David Bruska. Get your picture taken. Participate in life and embrace the day. Because uh, uh, after a couple of days of sunshine, we're back to more rain. So. Uh, take advantage of it. Step out and, and enjoy uh, the beautiful afternoon. Love you all. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm out of here. And I will be back next week. If you have suggestions for my um, uh, art walking radio, you can always reach me on uh, Craig at radio, rainbow-radio.com. Rainbow-radio.com. Thanks for tuning in. Love you all. Uh, see you next week. KXRN LP. Laguna Nigel, Laguna, Laguna Beach. Beach. Member supported. KXFM.